Can you hear me? <sighs> can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Cool. It's me that it's not picking up right now. Wow, how the tables have turned. How much did you pay the mic? <laughs> oh, look, there's a 20 just taped under the base right here. <laughs> Welcome to Chronically Narnia, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Chronicles of Narnia chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter four of The Silver Chair. This chapter is called A Parliament of Owls. I am the queen, mother of Rillian, wife of Caspian, of whom it is said the blood of stars flowed in my veins. And I have no name. Also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host. I, of course, am a Marshwiggle. You are a Marshwiggle. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm also known as. I'm not sure what that is, but I'm also known as Chris. Okay. I'm really excited for you to meet the Marshwiggles now. <laughs> are they are they like the the duffel puds? Because if they're okay. like the duffel puds, if you're going to bring really up duffel puds right now, I'm going to talk about how the owls are duffel pud esque <sighs> in this. Yeah, in and the, their little chorus thing that they the, have. Yes, when they start talking, like the first thing I was like, oh no, not this again. <laughs> uh huh. They backed off from that, but anyway. Yeah. Hi. So the the owls had a moment. Also, parliament. Parliament. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't really. I, I don't see this word a lot in writing, mm-hmm. but it confused me. Par, par, parliament. Par, uh-huh. Parliament. I know it's the right word. It's just spelled funny. Obviously, I need to read more stuff about the English government. No, I just I just need to see the <laughs> word more. I just was really confused. Yeah. Anyway, hi. Welcome to the episode. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. This is the part of the show where we banter. Well, we're bantered about the owls. We did. So, what do we do first in this uh, in this show here? Uh, we tend to summarize, and we go through the chapter and pick out five sentences that we think summarize the chapter. Whoa, 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 whoa. And we've done this for almost 80 episodes and haven't figured out a good way to actually talk about this segment. So we use the chapter's <sighs> own words? Yes. By just taking sentences out of the context of the chapter and trying to summarize the chapter? Correct. All right. Could you repeat it one more time for me so that I know exactly what we're doing? No. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to do your before. summary first, Chris? Sure, I'll do my summary first. Here's mine. If Jill had been more used to adventures, she might have doubted the owl's word, but this never occurred to her, and in the exciting idea of a midnight escape, she forgot her sleepiness. Let us hold a parliament of owls. They carried the dead queen back to Caraparavel, and she was bitterly mourned by Rillian and by the king and by all Narnia. After that, he was always riding on the northern marches of Narnia, hunting for that venomous worm to kill it and be avenged. That night he came not back, and from that hour no trace of him was ever found in Narnia or any neighboring land, and neither his horse nor his hat nor his cloak nor anything else was ever found. Okay. You focused a lot on Rillian's story. 
I did because that was the majority of the chapter. Like, it's really hard to summarize the chapters where, like, half of it is just re- recounting a story, of yeah. which there have been many. Um, but, yeah. That's true. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and read my summary then. Go for it. It was rather fusty inside, and the... <laughs> you really, really just wanted to use that word, didn't you? Yes. Let me try this again. <laughs> it was rather fusty inside, and the moment she slipped off the owl's back, she knew, as one usually does somehow, that it was quite crowded. About ten years ago, it appeared, when Rillian, the son of Caspian, was a very young knight, he rode with the queen, his mother, on a May morning to the north parts of Narnia. That night he came not back, and from that hour no trace of him was ever found in Narnia nor any neighboring lands, and neither his horse nor his cloak nor anything else was ever found. And when it was over, Jill said, I bet that serpent and the woman were the same person. But Glimfeather said, if they want to go that way into Ettensmore, we must take them to one of the Marsh Wiggles. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, you did a good job. I was trying really hard to summarize this in a way that like conveyed this story because I feel like the story is important. Yeah, the story but this is super is, important. But this is why we each do a summary so we can get different things out of the chapter. Yes, instead and of we just... only had one sentence in common. We did. Anyway, so what happens here, Kristen? The the kid, the children get kidnapped by owls. Yes, they do. So <laughs> there's a knocking on the window, and Nurmagird, it's an owl, it's Glimfeather. Uh, yeah. Jill thinks it might be an eagle at first, and it's not. Well, well at first she thinks, oh my god, what if they have giant moths in this country? Yes. And she was very Ooh. upset about the thought of a giant moth. Giant moths. Uh-huh. Terrifying. Uh-huh. Kristen is actually scared of moths. Um, I'm not scared of moths. <laughs> I don't like them. Anywho. All right. I'm not scared of moths. I'm not scared of moths. I just, I don't love them being in the house. So a giant moth. It's terrifying. Would be a little intimidating. Yes. However, um, she thinks it might be a moth. She's afraid that it could be a moth. Then she is afraid that, or then she thinks it might be an eagle and how she wouldn't want to meet a giant eagle. And then it ends up being an owl. Yep. It's a thing. So Al comes by and is just like, yep, you got to change. We need to go. Or, you know, she doesn't hate it. The Al doesn't actually say where they're going or what they're doing. He's just like, yep, get changed. We're going somewhere. And so let's talk about your sentence where she doesn't even think that she shouldn't trust this Al. Yeah, if she'd been more used to adventures, maybe she would have doubted him. Yes, but like, this is also the person who got into Narnia because she was running away from bullies. Yeah. Like... She doesn't have any reason to trust some rando who's talking to her. Like, she's met bullies before. She has no reason to trust some random stranger. Correct. Especially not an owl. Like, well, it's, it's, it's she's never met a talking owl before. I mean, this is the same talking owl they met earlier. Yeah. Like, they, they, they did have an acquaintance, and this is the one who brought them before Trumpkin. Okay. So, like, the, you know, this wasn't just, like, a random owl that, like... But also told them not to talk to Trumpkin about the mission that Aslan sent them on. That's true. And we find out a bit more about this. Yes. So, the owl picks her up. Another owl had already come for uh, Eustace, taken him off. No. Doesn't seem like that. He he tells her to get ready to go and get changed, and he'll go wake up the other human. Uh, and then he says... 
Jill says, shan't I be far too heavy for you? And the owl says, don't be a fool. I've already carried the other one. Yeah. So no other owl came. She oh, said okay. another oh, owl okay, came okay, and okay. took Eustace. Yeah, whatever. No, Glimfeather says, <sighs> yes. get ready to go, went away, woke yes. up Scrub, took him away, and then came back for Jill. Yes. Because apparently guys get better ready so much uh, faster. Yep. He just had to throw on a pair of pants. Didn't have to put his hair up and like do his makeup and get his parasols in order. Uh, multiple. Uh, she she does pack for an adventure though, and she puts on her shorts and sweater, and like has a little knife strapped to her shorts for some reason from earlier. I guess that's just a thing they had in schools. Um, and then got a short cloak that came down to her knees just in case it rains, and packed a few handkerchiefs and a comb. So she is prepared for basically any eventuality here. Yeah. Uh, and then they fly off. They fly off to a mossy, crumbling tower in, in the woods somewhere. But what happened on the way? Uh, what? They uh, went through a drive-thru. They did go through. <laughs> <laughs> Feather had to stop for a bite. Yep, he had to stop for a bite. Snagged a quick bat. And, like, it... it it, that always brings up this, like, really awkward moral question of what, like, the, the hierarchy of animals in Narnia is. Was there, was and, it a like, talking bat? Was that bat? a talk? Like, he didn't stop to be like, oh, is that a talking bat? He's just like, nope, gonna eat it. Like, it's really disturbing if this is also, like, a sentient bat. And he's just like, nope. Yep. You die today because I'm hungry. Yep. And then offers <sighs> to get Jill one. Yeah. So, nothing quite like a fat, plump little bat to uh, perk you right up. Yep. Also, owls don't eat... Do owls eat bats? I guess they do. Like, they eat little rodents and stuff. Like, they eat mice and little ground critters. So, I'm assuming they'd eat a bat if they could catch one. I don't know. <sighs> do owls eat bats? Bats have few natural predators. Disease is one of the biggest threats. Owls, hawks, and snakes eat bats. But that's nothing compared to the millions of bats dying from white noise syndrome. Wow, Okay. Just uh, throwing some depressing factoids into our podcast here. Yep. Anyway, so they have a snack on the way. They get to this old crumbling tower tower where the owls have to meet in utter secrecy. Uh, as we learn later, they meet at night just because, like... That's the sen- only sensible time yeah. to do anything. Yeah, Duh. everybody else is confused and, and sleepy during the, like, you know, prime time. Yep. So, <sighs> only sensible time. And so they yeah. get there. Eustace is already there. Uh, the Parliament of Owls is about to start. They're going to have a conversation, but Eustace is like, wait, I am not going to be part of, like, a regicide plot. Uh, if you guys are getting together to plot against the king or, like, Trumpkin or whatever. I am I, the king's man. Yeah, I'm the king's man. I'm going to have no part of it. I sailed with him to the Eastern Sea. And the Owls are just like, who's this friggin' guy? Like, <laughs> They're not. <laughs> they just said, no, we're also the king's owls. Yes, they're, they're the king's owls. Uh, and then they're just like, no, we have to have this meeting in secret, because if Trumpkin hears of this, he'll lock you up. Yes. And Scrub is like, you don't think that Trumpkin is a traitor? And Which I got I really, you'd get really excited about. I got about. really excited about, because I was just like, you know what, my baseless speculation from the last chapter might actually go somewhere, but then they're just like, nope, we're going to write a boring story. Uh, Trumpkin's no traitor. He's just old and crotchety and worried about people. And we've already sent like 30 champions off to look for the prince. None Which of them have the come back. the king made the rule that nobody else should go look for his own son. Yes. Like, because they'd lost so many. Yeah. On this effort. And so Trumpkin is just following the rules. 
He's old and set in his ways and following the rules. Yeah. It's a thing. Uh, so they have to meet in secret and talk about this plot. He's, uh, you know, he's true as steel, but he's deaf as a post and very peppery. Yep. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to introduce yourself that way. Just be like, I am true as steel and deaf as a post and... Very peppery. Very peppery. <laughs> Depends on if I... I like my seasonings. I'm not salty. <laughs> I'm peppery. Depends on how much Indian food I've made recently. True. <laughs> so, uh, they, they talk about how Trumpkin's, like, set in his ways and he's not going to be down for this. And then they talk about, you know, what Aslan is possibly doing. Like, people have mentioned i guess they've seen aslan and terabinthia and like aslan's out in the islands well there's rumors of aslan and terabinthia which is what where the king is the king is heading off caspian is looking for aslan essentially yes so he has gone to seek aslan's help yeah would he still have sailed away if scrub and jill had been able to go up and say we are here on at aslan's behest Possibly not. Sorry, scrub and pull. Yeah. Like, would the king still have sailed at all? Possibly not. I don't know. Like, uh, it, it does say later that if they had done that, he might have organized, like, a great army to go and help them have their uh, yes. their whole adventure. Yes. I still defend Eustace and maintain that there's no possible way he could have known reasonably that that was Caspian. Okay, but <laughs> Aslan said, go greet your friend. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He could have just run through the crowd, and if the king had seen him, the king would have recognized him. Probably. But like He could have just run back through the crowd going, Hi, I'm Eustace. Are you my friend? He could have done that. Are you my friend? Yeah. Because, like... Are you my friend? Strange, strange children just running toward the elderly king wouldn't have caused any concern among anybody. Yes, but the king would have seen him that way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Aslan might be moving through the islands. Caspian's gone off to try to meet Aslan and ask him his advice about who should be on the throne one last time. Because apparently, like, uh, Caspian was not a very, uh, I don't know, prolific, fertile type of guy. He only well, had the one kid. Yeah, he had his, the one He had the one son, it seems. Which I, which I feel like in... And uh, then his wife died. Yeah. But and we like, don't... It seems like his wife died after his son was old enough to fall in love so he didn't have another child yeah he's like he is the only child and i tried to do some math here because we start out this story about because the, that's what the whole parliament is about they're like we're going to tell you what happened and like oh hey if you're going to go out and have this adventure like we support you like we believe that aslan sent you trumpkin's not going to hear it but let me tell you this story of what happened mm -hmm. and it starts out about 10 years ago it appeared when really in the son of caspian was a very young knight so i was thinking very young knight would probably be around the age of Caspian when we first get introduced to him. Yeah. So like, like maybe 16, 16 or so. 15, yeah. Yeah. So this was 10 years ago. Um, so this really in is probably around 25, mid 20s now. Yes. But we established earlier in the last chapter, if Eustace is right about the time frame, then that puts uh, Caspian somewhere around the age of 80. Right now, as he sails off. Yeah. And so, his own son was born to him at the age of 55. Yeah. Like, 
40, a, yeah. it was 40 years back from the edge of the world with his wife yep. before he had a kid. Yep. It's a long time. See, and what <laughs> a lot of people, like what the internet said is this is 50 years after it, in which case it would have still been 25 years between Caspian and his wife getting back to Narnia and Rillian's yeah. birth. It's a while. That is a while. <laughs> uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, no, I agree. It's weird. Yep. Yeah. And like, especially like in the in the kind of medieval time frame, the idea of like getting them babies out. Yeah. Just like only having one child. Really weird. So maybe one of them had issues. Maybe it's really hard for a, a starborn woman to conceive. Yep. Maybe. Like, still want to know where she came from. It's yeah. Like there was, she was with uh, Ramondu on the island there. There were there aren't any other people there. Seems that so, way. So who'd she come out of? But. Who indeed, Chris? <laughs> she doesn't even have a name, so. That's true. We, knew, we learned a lot about her and how much the people loved her and how she was a great queen, but she doesn't get names still. True. Anyway, so they go off. Yep. Uh, they're riding together up in the northern marches of Narnia. Um, they're not hunting. They're Mang, and I'm not sure what Mang is. I didn't look that up. I'm sorry. They're doing what? It says... They had many squires and ladies with them, and all wore garlands of fresh leaves on their heads and horns at their sides, but they had no, they had no hounds with them, for they were maying, not hunting. Well, they went out on a May morning, so I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Here, let me look up maying really quick. Okay. This is an archaic word for the celebration of May Day. There you go. They were celebrating May Day. So they were Maine, uh-huh. obviously. Duh. May Day. Yep. It's a public holiday in some regions usually celebrated on the 1st of May or the first Monday of May. Ancient festival marking the first day of spring. Cool. But they went out on a May Monday, uh, a May morning. So. There we go. They were Maying on, on a nice ride. For whatever reason, the king wasn't there. Maybe he had crap to do. Uh, so anyway, she's feeling sleepy. So she's going to go lie down. And the, the prince and his all the other co- cohorts are going to wander off and leave her alone because they need to party and joke and whatnot and don't want to disturb her. Absolutely. Uh, and then they hear her cry out. Apparently a great serpent had come out of nowhere, bit her on the hand, and ten minutes later she's dead. Correct. Nothing anybody could do. Tragic. And they they tried to trace the serpent down, but it was, it was gone. That's, I mean, like... Could happen to anybody. That's really tragic, though, like, for real. Yeah. Talking about tragic backstories here. It is It is pretty tragic. Uh, and everybody's heartbroken. Like, they carry the queen back. Uh, she gets mourned. You know, we talk about how great she was, even though she doesn't have a name. And then Rillian goes off on a years-long quest of vengeance. And he's like, I'm going to go find this snake. I'm going to kill it. And he spends the next several years doing this. Well, no, not the next several years. Sorry. I had read that wrong. But he spends about a month doing this. Yeah, he spends <laughs> he spends some time doing this to the point where um, friends and 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 members of the court were willing enough to say something to him about this kind of like consuming him. Yeah, Drinian felt compelled to say something to him that this was consuming him, and he he might should leave it alone. Yeah, it's not gonna make him feel better. If only Reaper Sheep were still around. Like, Reaper Sheep probably would have found the snake. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have been an issue. But, yeah. So, Drenian approaches him and says, this is consuming you. And he says, I haven't been thinking about that. I've I found 
the most beautiful thing in all creation. Oh, he has. He's been distracted. And Drenium's just like, I gotta see it. Yep. Let's go. And they wander out. They got to the same kind of pond where the queen dies. And Drenium's like, this is real weird that you're just like fixated on this spot you know, with something really beautiful. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a that's little uh, <laughs> disconcerting that you would come here. Uh-huh. I agree. <laughs> Thanks, Drenium. Maybe maybe Rillian's kind of losing it a bit. Uh, but then they see this beautiful woman. The most beautiful lady that Drinian had ever seen, standing in the north side of the fountain, and beckoned to the prince with her hand. And she was standing there wearing this is a brilliant green dress. Yes. And then suddenly disappears. And Drinian's just like, Yep, that lady's evil. Yep. Something about her, like there is there is something wrong there. But apparently But doesn't say anything. Nope. It's like, nope, I, I won't bother with it. Like, you know, let the boy make his own mistakes. It's all good. Uh also Real like apparently he's been doing this for a few days now. So he's yeah. been doing this like a week. Where apparently the story is Rillian rides out to this pond where like near the spot of his mother's death, he sees a beautiful lady, which he hasn't talked to, stares at the pretty lady for an hour, doesn't talk to her, and then rides back. She and he's been doing this. And yes. <laughs> but she's beckoning to him and he's not going to her. So there yeah. is there is something there that he hasn't engaged with where he's just fixated on her beauty and not engaging with her. Yeah. You know, he's not honoring her personhood and therefore, like, responding to her. Uh-huh. Um, he's just kind of like, well, she's pretty to look at, so that's all I really need from her. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's how young boys be. Oh, man. So anyway, he does this for a week. Drenia is just like, yeah, no, not for you. Uh, it doesn't say anything, though. But then the very next day, Rillian rides back out to see the pretty lady again and then never comes back. Yep. And then Drenian has to go and approach the king and just be like, uh, so by the way, I totally didn't warn your son against what is clearly some sort of evil creature out in the woods, and now he's gone. <laughs> and offers his life, absolutely 100%, just says, kill me. Yep. Caspian almost does it. Yeah. Picks up an axe and rushes at him, and then at the last moment, it's just like, nope, I'm not going to lose my friend, too. I'm not going to lose my bro. Yeah, and their friendship, their their relationship was not broken. It was not. But, uh, and then that is, that's Which the story. Which makes me wonder if the person who was helping the king onto the ship was Drenian. Possibly. This other old man. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's the story of Rillian, and then... King's been distraught for all these years, and he doesn't have an heir. Sad times. Uh, they and Jill is immediately like, "I bet that serpent was the woman," and they were the same thing all along. And the owls say, "We agree." And the owls are just like, "Yep, probably mm-hmm. makes sense." They're both the same color. Like, what more do you need for evidence? Uh, and then the owls. Are like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a book. Jill has probably also read all the wrong books, but she still figured it out, which is, you know. Yeah. She has. Um, women's intuition or something. <laughs> they're just not good at compasses. <laughs> anyway, the owls tell the story of being like, oh, yeah, a long time ago, there was this uh, white witch came down from the north, locked up Narnia and ice for 100 years. Like, we're, uh, 
you know, we're going to bet this, this lady is in the same league because like it's some sort of magical woman coming from the North. So the way that they phrased it stood out to me though. They said something about her being of the same kind of the same crew of the same crew. Thank Uh you. This is a green witch and the same crew as the white witch. Yeah, which as far as we know, Jadis never had any real allies other than, like, the wolf guy whose name I forget. Um, Fenris. Um, slash Malgrim. Malgrim, yeah. We, with that said, though, if these were being read in writing order, Uh we wouldn't have any history for Jadis yet. That's true. We wouldn't know that she came to this world from another world. Yeah. Now, a lot of people say that she was had giant blood in her and the giants are up in the north uh-huh um it's possible that jadis had children with giants in the north well and that this could be jadis's daughter this is my baseless speculation i'm sorry i'm wow, getting into wow, it a little early yeah just throwing that right out there yep i mean at this point uh I don't know, I forget where we are in our timeline. How long has it been since Jadis's rule here? Thousands of years. Yeah. Because been... we had the 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 Marine break. Yeah. It's like we had it's been a long, long, long time. So maybe a distant descendant of Jadis or something. And also, I don't know. Maybe maybe witches live forever, so it could be your daughter. It's I've... been to, it's been said in the books in Prince Caspian. Yeah. That the that witches don't die. Well, there you go. Maybe it is a direct descendant. Maybe it is Jadis. I'd, having I'd been really, reborn I don't want because it to be. she was summoned by the hag. I really, really don't want it Someone to Someone finished the ritual. I mean, it does It does say, that, like, this is the most beautiful woman that Drinian's ever seen, and that's the exact same way that Jadis is described when she's introduced. Yep. Uh, it's the most beautiful woman that Diggory's ever seen. Which I want to say is the same way that Rillian's mother was described <laughs> in Dawn Shredder for Caspian, but... Maybe maybe there's just an epidemic of like men in this world. They don't see a lot of women. <laughs> it's possible. Just because of the way society works, maybe like your average man has only seen like two or three women up close in his uh, in his entire life. And so like the bar <laughs> really is not that high. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. And, like, one's his mom and one's his sister and, like, one's the 70-year-old cleaning lady for the house. And so any young, like, reasonably attractive woman, they're like, Ermergerd. Wow. She's so hot. Wow. <laughs> Tell me more about Susan. Susan. Yeah, Queen Susan. This is why she was so attractive. Apparently. Those Earth girls. Uh, so anyway. They... They're like, all right, well, that doesn't dissuade us from the mission. Nice story. We need to get up north to the city of uh, Lost City of the Giants. Can you help us? And the owls are just like, well, we can't fly you there because you'd want to probably want to travel during the day, and that's just no good for us at all. And like, you know, we can't we can't pull an all nighter to help you guys out. We're you know, yeah. sleep is just too too important. It does seem a little like odd. <laughs> like it does seem a little odd that the owls are. Like, I get the, the daytime, nighttime thing, but also the owls could say, we can help you, but you have to operate on our schedule. Yeah. Like, and the kids can do that. They just yeah. and they're need just to like, get no. some sleep right now. Yeah. They're they're like the uh, they're like the eagles in Lord of the Rings, where they're just like, yeah, we could help you guys out, but eh, it doesn't really work for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I really, uh, it's not really our thing no. right now. Not our thing. 
but they do uh, they're like well we can get you to someone who can help you uh, we gotta get you to the marsh wiggle. one of the marsh wiggles yep and they're the only people that can help that much who are the marsh wiggles what are they why are they don't know anyway that's the chapter uh is there anything we didn't uh, uh jill falls asleep oh jill falls asleep at the end yes by the time that they ask what should be done next or when we can leave or whatever jill is already asleep uh-huh <sighs> so there there is mention of you know where the queen dies there's a fountain flowing freshly out of the earth which is like a spring i guess mm-hmm. it's like a natural spring but this is uh possibly more pool imagery possibly more pool imagery and the and the snake lady is appearing at a pool so near a pool yeah. not in but yeah. possible mm-hmm. so that's that's a thing we do have more pool in- imagery so i guess the only thing only other thing i wanted to touch on was why is there a weird gap here because if we're if we're assuming that the snake and the lady are the same person the snake comes and kills the nameless queen. Yes. And then Rillian goes out on his month-long quest for vengeance, being like, I'm attracted to down this snake, kill it, etc., etc. Yeah. Why is there this gap before the lady appears to Rillian? Like, if she wants something from him, like if she's got purposes for him or wants to kill him or whatever, why does she? why is she so elusive for the first month and waits? If she is the snake? Yes. If she is the snake, it's possible that she was under some kind of curse or something, mm-hmm. which is what made her be the snake, and she had to bite the queen in order to get some kind of blood of a royal or something, to blood, blood of, a of a star, to be able to form herself into this beautiful, most beautiful woman that really has ever seen. That's a thought. It's possible. Yeah. So... Yeah, other than that, pretty pretty straightforward chapter. Uh, you know, crabs and crumpets. Yeah, we have another the, <laughs> we have another the dwarf invitation curse. of of Trumpkin, which neither of these children has has had Trumpkin deliver a uh, a dwarven curse in this way. However, um, at least not in the text we've seen. But it does say, like, oh, his his imitation of Trumpkin was very, very good. Yeah. So the kids have the kids have shared a meal with Trumpkin, so it's possible that they got more. Yeah. But it it was great because at first I was like, these kids haven't even met Trumpkin. Why are they, why are they so like into it that he's doing this impersonation? And I was like, oh yeah, they had they had met him and they yeah. had a whole meal with him like only takes one dinner you know everything about trumpkin well his hearing his voice <laughs> yeah, i know cool um so that's everything in the chapter yay owls Woo! the owls are loyal they're loyal think. and they have a parliament yeah separate from the king yeah <laughs> anything else we want to talk about or we need to move on is that what you actually call a group of owls is it a parliament yes okay that's not quite a pun. It's just like a, a reference. Yeah. All right. All right. So Scrub is the king's man. Trumpkin is set in his ways. The owls gave me such duffer energy with the agreements. Um, and queen, mother of Rillian, blood of stars flowed in her veins. Yeah, I think that's everything that I had for that. What's our next thing we do? So our next thing we do is uh, hashtag Narnia chopped and screwed. 
uh, to go along with hashtag Narnia pocked and bruised, uh, our our crater Narnia theory. Yes, but that's that's part of the next yeah. next section. Um, but yeah, in this segment, we go back through, we pick five more sentences out of the chapter, and we use them to write our own stories. Yes, and I believe I go first. Yes, you do. My lord, said the prince, I have seen there the most beautiful thing that ever that was ever made. It was the owl. No thanks, said Jill with a shudder. It was then hardly ten minutes since they had heard her cry. But they were busy in vain, for at the first glance of her face, Rillian knew that no physic in the world would do her good. Okay. Where are you coming from with this one? Like, what was I, I don't know. Either either the owl or Jill is dead. One of them killed yeah. the other one. Okay. I'm really not sure. But I was, I was like trying to figure out who was dead here. Yeah. <laughs> See, the struggle that I had with this one is that... Um, you wanted to make it gross, apparently? No, I, not that I wanted to. I was trying really hard to not make it rapey. Okay. Because because I had like my lord said the prince I've seen the most beautiful thing that ever was that was ever made and Jill is like no thanks okay okay yeah that's a little uh... and then and then it was then hardly ten minutes since they had heard her cry yeah that's okay that's a bit much yeah so. and so I, I couldn't I couldn't do that I like, feel you. All right. It was, I was like, eh, so yeah, this one, I struggled with this one. I wrote a bunch of sentences that I didn't end up using because it just kept going into a really unpleasant direction. So I'd rather have it be confusing and like a pointless story than a really unsettling one. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Your turn. Cool. I will go ahead and read mine. Which I struggled real, real hard with the order of these sentences because like I had an idea that I couldn't quite make work. So here's my 90% of a good idea. You'd better change those court clothes and put on something you can travel in. Where should we meet? And she was tall and great, shining, and wrapped in a thin garment as green as poison. And men said that the blood of stars flowed in her veins. But afterward, he wished he had spoken. Okay. Where were you going with that? Uh, I don't know. Like, some sort of, like, femme fatale energy. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, is very much what's in the text. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, maybe some, something in between Drinian and somebody else, or Jill, I I don't know. Like, some sort of tryst turned into, like, more dangerous situation, uh, just kind of reframed. Which is exactly what happened. Yeah, in the I text. know, I know, I know. I just, I just liked the order of those sentences like that. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> what? Don't be mad at me. It was a hard one to rewrite. It like, was. There, like. Yes, it was. There was a lot of places it could have gone off in a very bad direction, and a yeah. lot, like a lot of places where it could just be the exact same story. Yeah, there's also, like, a lot of very context-dependent sentences. Yeah. And, like, the the long sentences are really hard to reuse as something because it's just there's too much, like, information there to really twist into something else. Yeah. So there, there are definitely harder chapters to rewrite than others. Oh, yes, very but, much so. That being said, uh, should we go into our last segment here? Sure. I've, I've introduced the previous two segments. Would you like to introduce this one? No. Yes. Okay. This is hashtag Narnia popped and bruised. This is the uh, <laughs> section in which Chris 
baselessly speculates about the chapter or the book as a whole. Uh Um, So we call it Baseless Speculation, and Chris has never read these books before, and he has no spoilers for this book so far, and as such, he is going to speculate baselessly uh, with some basis in the text he's read already and the previous books, but he's baselessly speculating on what he thinks is going to happen in the next chapters or through the end of this book, and just kind of take off with better ideas go ahead chris yeah gosh we're 25 percent of the way through the book at this point and the plot hasn't started yet the plot Uh, started (laughs) in chapter two yeah kind of like yeah kind of yeah well like the the kids could sit on a mission like here's the signs like they they borked one up like one of the signs is they just passed but like the whole idea of the book is you guys have a mission to go out and find this prince and we just now got to the point where they're setting off and we're a quarter of the way through the book yes so like we need to we need to really ramp stuff up here next chapter it's called puddle glum is puddle glum a marsh wiggle <laughs> what is a marsh wiggle do you want me to answer these questions no no no, no. no? i'm okay. these are just open questions to to the listener what is a marsh wiggle uh should i posit that in the next chapter they're going to go off they're going to go to the northern reaches of narnia wander off into like these these dank misty marshes and then they find some critters where because it's narnia and everything has to be whimsical like i'm i got i get very much like a duffel puds kind of vibe so maybe it's like little short things with three arms or something or like because <laughs> we have to we have to do some kind of funny thing but either way i believe there's going to be four of them uh there's going to be four of the marsh wiggles of which one of his puddle glum and each of them is going to be wearing a different colored like shirt or tunic and like one's going to be blue and one's going to be red and one's going to be yellow and like you know something else uh and they're going to ran out of colors there didn't you yeah and they're (laughs) those are the only three colors that i know and (laughs) purple Um, and they're going to find these, these, these four creatures all wearing different colored tunics and they're going to help them on their journey by singing silly songs about like cold spaghetti or like mom's spaghetti. Uh huh. Maybe there's going to, maybe there's going to be like, these sweet palms are sweaty. Maybe there's going to be like a pirate that they find who's got a big feather for a sword. Uh, I'm making a Wiggles reference that is going right over your head. I have no idea what the Wiggles are. What is this? You're not aware of the Wiggles? No, I don't know the Wiggles. So the Wiggles It's like an are Australian a... kids show, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a band yeah. of like was or performerly was a band of like four dudes that like sang silly songs to children, and they were a huge, huge, huge deal. Okay. And like cool. they they put on concerts that thousands of people would go to. Um, sorry, yeah, I that... know. I know that the Peppa Pig episode where she tries to be friends with spiders is banned in Australia because spiders aren't safe to be friends with. Anyway, I thought you'd get my reference to the Wiggles. Nope. But that must have sounded really weird. (laughs) Yes, it did. I was like, are you getting really confused about the Hobbit? Are you getting really confused about the dwarves and the Hobbit and their different colored tunics? No. Is this this feather sword a reference to a... No. To um, reap cheap's feather Gosh. hat, like that just, that just what? Like I was going off on some kind of weird fever tangent. Yes, yes, it um, did, Chris. Yes, it did. Anyway, so that was supposed to be a silly joke. 
as far as as far as real baseless speculation, like we got got to get serious here. Uh, so as far as a serious baseless speculation here, gosh, um, is Green Snake Lady somehow related to Jadis? I don't want her to be, but I feel like that line is way too much foreshadowing for it not to be. Where mm-hmm. the owls are just like, I think she's of the same crew. It does present an interesting question where if, you know, this book was written before The Magician's Nephew, mm-hmm. was the original idea that Jadis was from Narnia? I think so. Like, was she supposed to come from the north? Like, she, we kept the thing where her, with her having giant blood. Was she supposed to be this weird half-giant hybrid queen type thing that came out of the north and brought the cold north down to freeze Narnia over? Yeah. Like, the thematically, it all fits really well. And I'm really curious is if that was the original intent, like, why did we switch to her coming from another world entirely? Because otherwise we wouldn't have, you know, and like that changes the, the full of the fall of the queen or whatever. Like we wouldn't have our Lucifer analog for our story. Yeah. But just... yes, I do feel like having Jadis, like, I feel like the magician's nephew broke Jadis. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, so is the lady in green Jadis? No. She related to Jadis somehow. Maybe. Is she I, is she maybe. Jadis's dead sister that Jadis, like, killed in Charn? Maybe. Is she is Somehow she like, summoned up. Is she half giant? Is she some kind of giantess? Like, it does say she's really tall in the description of her could be i mean this is also one of those illusory things where aslan was just like well nothing's gonna be as it seems etc etc and so what was the second sign they're looking for they messed the first one up i don't know do you remember Um, you don't remember the next gosh i was supposed to be repeating the signs to myself so i wouldn't forget them in this darn hazy narnia air um so the first sign was old friend they had to greet right away or they'd have great help the second sign was north to the city of the giants like it wasn't really a sign it was just like oh hey you're gonna have to go to this lost city of the giants something like that so i'm trying to figure out like where that's gonna go wrong because like obviously there is some kind of quote-unquote trickery afoot with caspian and eustace not being able to recognize him and like things aren't gonna be as they seem so what's gonna be not as it seems with the lost city like some things some things and some stuff I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a sunken city or something. Could be a sunken city. Or maybe it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a city of the giants, so maybe it's just going to be like really tiny. <laughs> it's and a like, shrunken city. Yeah, like a shrunken city. It's not a sunken city. It's a shrunken city. <laughs> or maybe this was like some sort of giant setup for like a model railroad they had going on. And so they come up to this like 10 by 10 square of like tiny little model buildings. Uh, that's this lost city of the giants. No. Uh, and they accidentally step on the town hall or something. Maybe it's a name. <sighs> Could be a name. Maybe there is a legendary lost city, but then there's also a city that's just called Lost. Ooh. How intriguing. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, obviously, Snake's gonna be a big thing. She's the main antagonist, like the snake is on the cover of my book. Um. You figured it out. Yep. So... <laughs> Obviously, that's well, that's going to be a thing for the rest of the book, and that's not a. Is a the red snake herring. on the cover of your book green? Yes, it is. But is it emerald green? 
Um, I I don't know if I'd say emerald green. Artists, I know, failing you. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I, re- I really don't know where to go other than like uh, I'm assuming Puddle Glum is a Marsh Wiggle, uh, and Marsh Wiggles are going to be very similar uh, in an annoying way to the Duffel Puds. I see. I'm calling three arms. Okay. Or, or maybe they have no limbs and they're just like weird like worm critters. And that's why they're called the marsh wiggles. Okay. And they wiggle. Maybe okay. they're big caterpillars. Gosh. Can you stop? Because I'm going to start telling you about the marsh wiggles if you don't stop. Okay. I'm going to start being like, all right, now i got to tell you about them. But we'll, we'll get there in the next chapter. Yes. We're, we're going to meet one. We are. Cool. You are right that Puddle Glum is a marsh wiggle. Okay. I'm going to tell you that because the next chapter is titled Puddle Glum. Yes. Which, going into it, just reading the chapters of the book, I thought Puddle Glum might be a giant. Mm, yes, because, that's, because we have Wimble Weather and like, the other one. It seems like a giant name, maybe. Rumble Buffin. Yeah. So it seems kind of along those lines. Yeah. So. Are Ooh. the Marsh Wiggles a specific type of giant? Maybe. <sighs> all right. Anyway, that's all I got. I'm just rambling at this point, so. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. And as always, if you want to uh, spoil anything for Chris, you can do that at Chronically Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of a parliament of owls at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to give us money for no good reason, except that you like us and you're cool like that, you can do that at patreon.com slash chronically podcast chris you had something that you wanted to say yes you mentioned art and i forgot about this and i've encountered one of the rare examples of artwork in the book that i think is actually good oh tell i don't me know more. if you have this one for this chapter but yes that is my chapter art yeah the one of jill on the back of glim feather yeah like i think that's actually good art like yeah. i kind of post that on the instagram because i was like oh that's a pleasant surprise cool because like the owl's face doesn't look like weird yeah um <laughs> but how do you know it's a talking owl chris i don't know anyway continue and i just had to point that out all right well until next time if an evil looking beautiful green lady appears to you in the woods and doesn't talk to you you should probably stay away it's no basis for a system of government it's no basis for a relationship that too and never turn down free bat snacks <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya. Parliament. Uh Parliament. It was rather fusty inside, and the. (laughs) (laughs) Parliament. Parliament? Yeah. Reap Cheap's feather hat? Like, what? That sounded like I was going off on some kind of weird fever tangent. Yes. Yes, it Um, did, Chris. Yes, it did. Anyway, so that was supposed to be a slay joke. Yep. You died today because I'm hungry. Yep. Hi, I'm Eustace. 
Are you my friend? You could have done that. Are you my friend? And like one's gonna be blue and one's gonna be red and one's gonna be yellow and like, you know, something else. Uh, and they're going she to- ran out of colors there, didn't you? Yeah, and they're- <laughs> Those are the only three colors that I know. And- Purple. <laughs> You've never been inside of a moth. Thought, Chris. <laughs> How was your time inside of a moth, Kristen? This is weird. This is a weird time-killing conversation. <laughs> <laughs> We've had weirder. Yes. <laughs>